I'm Dan Dews. And I'm Meredith Kelly. The hosts of Little Listener's Lounge. Be prepared to listen and learn about the magic of kids' podcasts. We talk to hosts, creators, producers, and writers and peek behind the scenes of their work. We've had some amazing guests. The deputy director of NASA. Everybody pretending to run away from a T-Rex. Is this what jellyfish are made out of? I see Lincoln's underpants. Join us to learn something new about some of your favorite podcasts. Subscribe to Little Listener's Lounge wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, it's time for a huge shout out to Marley, Miha, and Diana. Here is an interesting fact about Marley. Guess how many books she read last year? One thousand! Whoa! Now that is a good use of lockdown. Well done! And now, give me an L. Give me an O. C. H. L. A. N. And give me a W. E. S. T. O. N. It's Lachlan and Weston. Guys, thank you so much for your support. In today's story, we are joined by... My name is Jane, and I live in Washington, D.C. I'm five and a half years old, and I love my family. It's great to have you on the team. You guys must know by now that we have coloring in pages for each of our stories. Well, we're also working on read-alongs. You can download the read-along for this week's story from our website. Just go to bykidsforkids.co and click on read-along. And then you can read along with us as you listen. And now, let's get on with the story. The Snake Charmer This is a story about a snake charmer. Snake charming is an ancient Indian art which became popular all over the Middle East. Typically, a snake charmer wandered from village to village with boxes and baskets which contained every imaginable kind of reptile. Whenever they came to what seemed a convenient spot for a performance of their art, they would sit down on the ground and while two or three assistants would beat on the tambourines, a couple more would fill their mouths with a herb, smelling rather like mint, and puffed out perfumed clouds of smoke on every side. Then, the main snake charmer would sit cross-legged in front of the baskets and begin to play a melody on their punji, which is a kind of flute. Soon enough, a reptilian head would emerge from the basket. Sometimes it was a deadly cobra with lethal poison or a powerful python that could crush a crocodile or a rattlesnake with its musical tail or perhaps a spitting cobra that spat poison into the eyes of its prey to blind it. But these snakes were incapable of attacking the snake charmer. 
His music would hypnotize them, and while he played, all they could do was rise up out of their baskets and begin to sway to the music. Left and right, up and down, in their strange reptilian dance. The townsfolk were enthralled and delighted by this performance and they would pay the performers whatever they could in return. Besides putting on their shows, the snake charmers would also help people get rid of unwanted snakes from their houses. After all, nobody wants to share their home with a nest of snakes, so the snake charmers were paid for each reptile they caught, and they were given all the snakes that they captured to add to their collection. Now, most snake charmers were incredibly talented and hardworking. They practiced for years, and with great patience and a good deal of bravery, they became masters of their art. However, some snake charmers used their skills in a far less honorable way. Many years ago in Cairo, there was a snake charmer whose name was Karim El Karim. He was a man between 50 and 60 years of age and wore a green turban and a black robe. He had for some time been prowling about the home of an old merchant called Mahmoud. Karim peered in at the doors and windows and shook his head in a manner which was far from encouraging. Mahmoud was just coming home when he saw the worried expression on Karim's face. Hello? He asked. Is something the matter? I fear, said Karim, that your house is infested with snakes. This is very dangerous indeed. Snakes! cried Mahmoud. I've come across a good many centipedes and a handful of scorpions before, but not even the tiniest little snake. That does not surprise me at all, said Karim. You see, I work with snakes every day. I know they are here. I can feel it. I can sense them. I can smell them. Smell them? Really? How extraordinary! Karim raised his nose in the air and sniffed loudly. It is true, there are serpents close by. I may even say that there are several, six of them at least. Good heavens, as many as that? Can you cut and remove them? The snake charmer nodded his head while slowly blinking. He raised a finger above his head and proclaimed, I will call them. And they will come. Well, I would like to see that, said Mahmoud. So Karim El Karim went around the corner and soon returned with his three assistants. All four men sat down silently on the floor. And after placing their tambourines between their legs, filled their mouths with herbs and began to puff out sweet scented clouds of smoke. 
while Karim El Karim made a hissing, whistling sort of sound, which was intended to attract the serpents. This went on for three or four minutes without any apparent result. But at the end of that time, Mahmoud saw at least 20 scorpions crawl down the walls or from under the furniture and wriggle up to Karim. Mahmoud was astounded by the sight of this strange procession. Some of the scorpions came down the mosquito curtains, some down the window blinds, others down the walls. Till the thought of sleeping in such a room was enough to make anyone shudder. But wherever they might have come from, the scorpions all gathered around Karim, as sheep round a shepherd. And he picked them up by handfuls and popped them in his goatskin sack. You see? He asked Mahmoud. Certainly I see. I see scorpions and a great many scorpions too. But I don't see any snakes. You will soon see some, replied Karim. And he began whistling in another key whilst his companions continued to rattle their tambourines and blow smoke. True enough, to the extreme surprise of Mahmoud, he soon heard a hissing sound, very much like the one the snake charmer was making, coming from the sleeping alcove, from under his own bed. Mahmoud saw a serpent more than four feet long advancing towards the snake charmer, head erect and unrolling his green coils as he glided along. Mahmoud had no difficulty in recognizing the species. It was a deadly cobra. Without hesitation, Karim seized the snake by the throat and was about to stuff it into his bag when Mahmoud stuffed him. He had a slight feeling that something was not quite right. One moment! He cried. What is it? Asked Karim. Was that serpent really in my room? You saw it with your own eyes. Answered Karim. Very well. Then, because whatever is found in my room belongs to me, instead of putting the snake into your bag, would you kindly place it in this bottle? And he held out a large, wide-necked glass jar, which he kept in a cupboard nearby. Uh, but, but... There is no but in the matter. The serpent was in my house. Therefore, it is my property. Not to mention that I'm paying you 30 coins for catching it. Karim looked rather annoyed and reluctantly let the serpent glide from his hands into the jar. Mahmoud quickly put a cork in the bottle and looked up at Karim. Any more? He asked. Yes. Said Karim and returned to his work. Sure enough, after renewed cries and more clouds of smoke, a second serpent, a little smaller than the first, came from beneath the chest of drawers 
and slithered up to the snake charmer. Mahmoud seized a second glass jar. Good, he said. That will make a pair. Karim frowned. This was not going according to his plans. He gave up the second serpent just as he had done the first. Any more still? Inquired Mahmoud. No, not here. Where then? The snake charmer turned toward the next room. I smell one there, he said despondently. The next room was the living room. Well, let us go there then, said Mahmoud. And taking a glass jar under each arm, he led the way to the living room. There was one there. This one seemed to be a musical serpent, for it had taken refuge under the piano. And in spite of Karim's unhappy face, this snake also soon found its way into the jar. That is the third, said Mahmoud. And now tell me, where are the rest? There are three in the kitchen, replied Karim rather sadly. Very good, and that will be six, as you said. They went into the kitchen. At the first call, a serpent crawled from under the wash basin. Karim placed it in the fourth jar with a deep sigh. Come, come, courage, said Mahmoud cheerfully. I want my half dozen snakes. This was too much for Karim. No, he sobbed. I confess, these are all my tame snakes. I placed them in your house earlier today. It was all a trick to take your money. Please forgive me. I will never do it again. Mahmoud's eyes narrowed. Never? Never, ever, pleaded Karim. Very well. I will pay you 120 coins for the dangerous snakes you caught. And you may catch and keep your other two snakes in the kitchen. Karim quickly recovered his remaining serpents and left with his assistants as quickly as he could. He never tried such devious trickery ever again and spent the rest of his life doing what he did best, charming snakes. Hey guys, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. It is one of the best ways to support BKFK Storytime.